Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forrester, the wine coach. I hope you had a fabulous 4th of July. We are in today's show going to explore some brave new wines for summer with Mark Oldman. These are wines that are going to add some spark to your next cookout, and you've probably never tried them. Then we'll talk to Chef Tim Love about how to use simple quality ingredients to put a delicious spin on some of America's favorite classic summer dishes. And I'm so excited to talk to our next guest, which is Mark Oldman. He is passionate about helping wine enthusiasts slay the snooty, or drink bravely, as he says. He's one of the country's leading wine personalities, an award-winning author of two books, Oldman's Brave New World of Wine and Oldman's Guide to Outsmarting Wine. He's the wine expert for Pottery Barn and a columnist for the Food Network. Welcome to the show, Mark. I am so happy to be here, Lori. Thanks. Yes, and I love that you say slay the snooty and also jostle the jaded because I, too, am passionate about getting the attitude out of wine and just getting people to drink and have fun. And you think that people should be a little bit more brave when they're finding new things to taste, don't you? You're so right. I mean, that's where the adventure and the value and the style and the memories are. I mean, if you can just go a little bit outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. My latest book, Oldman's Brave New World of Wine, it's premised on the thesis that, you know, you can order your Chardonnay, your Merlot, your Zins, <laughs> your all the usual suspects, and that's fine. But a lot of consumers t- uh, charge you a comfort premium or a prestige yes. premium or familiarity premium. But if you can just learn the wines, that doesn't have to be Pluto picks doesn't have to be, you know, uh, faith hair heavy, uh, crazy sommelier, <laughs> rock punk band wannabe, obscure arcane, you know, smells like turpentine that goes down so easy. It, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be those either. You know, right. you do know a lot about wine lawyers, so you understand that the whole range of wine, the whole orbit, just beyond the casual drinker's uh, uh, familiar, familiarity that pays to get into. Yeah, that's where the fun begins. I often say on the show that if you can't pronounce it, you should be drinking it, because I, too, agree that's <laughs> where the fun begins. And so we thought exactly. in this segment you could give uh, my listeners some ideas for some brave new wines for summer. If they want to go out and start being adventurous, what do you think are the best places to go right now for value and great taste? Where do we start? Well, well, the best place to go is my dinner table. Because <laughs> this is where we are drinking bravely, imbibing, having fun. And so, for example, this summer, I've got the Vigno Verde. Vigno mm. Verde, a light, white, citrusy wine from Portugal, um, only about $7 on shelves, which might make it the best value in wine, period, because it's just so low-priced. It is. And it's high-quality, snappy, delicious, will refresh you in summer, not high alcohol. Um, It's kind of what you need around the pool when you're lollygagging this summer. And I love that Vino Verde sometimes will have a little bit of carbonation left and so it's a little fritzy, and I love bubbly wine. So that, I think, is also a great <laughs> added benefit for Vino Verde. So love that pick. And so if people all love white wine, 
Uh, where else would you go to drink bravely? Well, uh, wine I mentioned in one of my seminars at the Aspen Classic. Um, I saw you there. Yes. It was a wonderful event. Uh, I call it the uh, uh, world's fantasy island of gastronomy. It was crazy. Great. <laughs> it is. Uh, anyway, I was teaching about Falangina. Oh, which is a, think of it as a Pinot Grigio substitute. If, if you watch The Real Housewives, and I must confess <laughs> I do too, and, you know, you see Ramona with her... her Pinot Grigio. Servile, the <laughs> Pinot Grigio, ruining. You know, I, that's a good question. Has anyone, any one person possibly ruined an entire category <laughs> of grapes? More and than if her. it is, we're talking the big R. So be the cooler one. Take the higher road. And instead of uh, uh, Pinot Grigio, get something that's likely around the same price or maybe less expensive because you're not paying that comfort premium. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Falangina from northern Italy. You're seeing it on wine list more and more. And it's not going to be very oaky. But like Pinot Grigio, it's going to be light to medium-bodied, and some of the better ones will have some hazelnut and pears and some really nice citrus fruit. It's a great alternative to Pinot Grigio. I love that, and I love Falangina. Perfect. And so even in the summer, I have those diehard wine lovers that are will come to my house for a backyard event, and they must drink their red wine. They can't, <laughs> they can't switch. Yeah. So where do you send people who still want to be drinking red in the summer? What's a good, brave wine for them to try? You know, back to the basics, back to the forgotten. Uh, Beaujolais is kind of uh, ebbing low in terms of popularity because there's so many different types out there, mm-hmm. different types of wine. And Beaujolais, which was so big in the 70s and the 80s, sometimes gets forgotten. But people True. forget that a nice uh Crude Beaujolais, like a Morgan, a Moulin, a Vaughan, um, or even a Beaujolais Village, doesn't have a lot of tannin, a lot of great, delicious, transfixing berry fruit. You can drink it cold. You can drink it like yes. you would a, a white wine. And it's got that berry perfume, maybe a little bit of mineral stuff going on in there, but overall, it's, it's basically a white wine masquerading as a red. I love and, that. Yeah, and, and, and so it pleases all. You know, it's it's the UN, or maybe UN <laughs> isn't the perfect. It's the Switzerland. It's, it's the Switzerland uh, you know. wine. Love yeah. that. It, so, so I, I, and by the way, when I'm in restaurants, because of its, you know, less in demand, sometimes better value is, I tell people I pick the Beaujolais, 30% of the time when, when, you know, people are ordering different things, so I want something that's going to please multiplicity of foods on the table. I'm looking for that Beaujolais because it's going to be one of the least expensive wines. Right. You can chill it up. It's delicious, refreshing, and it's going to please the Blancophiles, and it's going to please the people who want to drink red. Yeah, and the and low tannin, and but good acidity with that fruit to balance, that makes a super food-friendly wine, so... Uh, I'm really a does. huge fan. So what about pink? What about people that are afraid to drink pink? What What do you say, Mark? I say, man up, my men. <laughs> I say, listen, guys, all the Formula One driving, watching, 
hooligans, <laughs> hairy-chested Brunos and Pierres along the Mediterranean coast, the ones with the sunglasses, the ones playing, uh, you know, uh, Baccarat in Monaco, they are sucking down pink wine, <laughs> real dry rosé, like there's no tomorrow. It's great. And, yeah, pink has pink wine, a good dry rosé that you can get from America, you often get from France, Spain, Italy, now all over the world, but right. France is the spiritual homeland. Uh, it is a league away from Carrie's cosmopolitan and sex in the city. Right. Don't, you know, pink wine, I say, is not guilty by uh, uh, association. It's guilty by pigmentation. Ah, there, nice. There's a pink prejudice going on. People see pink, they don't take it seriously. They think of Donald Trump's hairline. They think <laughs> of the pink panther. They think of Mariah Carey. It just doesn't get a lot of credibility, but, you know, it's like our Beaujolais. It's kind of pivots between the world, between red and wine food. True. You can chill it up a lot, even more than that Beaujolais. It's got zero tannin, usually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's something just seasonal and nostalgic and wonderful about, you know, having that glass attached to your hand throughout summer. Absolutely. Well, Mark, you have been just as entertaining as you have been educational. I hope we're all going to run out and try these brave new wines for summer. If you want to find out more about Mark Oldman and his fabulous books, go to markoldman.com. And you can tweet him up at at Mark Oldman, because I've done that. <laughs> anything, <Yeah. laughs> anything else people need to know to get in touch with you, Mark? You know, that's pretty much uh, the full Megillah. Just my attitude is bring the, to drink bravely and, um, you know, help people get out of their uh, uh, minus comfort zones. I and, love it. You know, it, the, the mission uh, will yield a lifetime of great adventure and opportunity. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Laura. You're the best. Oh, cheers. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Discover the recipe for a delicious life each week on The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, The Wine Coach, each week, Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. on WBAL 1090 AM or at WBAL.com.